So I just want you to know I'm preaching on mercy today. So even if it's a bad sermon, you have to be nice about it. <laughs> uh, blessed are the, uh, the merciful, for they will receive mercy. If your Bible opened automatically to Matthew 5, uh, you've been here for the last four weeks. <laughs> uh, blessing for the merciful. Uh, some of you garden. I don't garden. My wife, we don't garden. We do not have that. We don't have a green thumb, green toe, green anything. You know, it's just, it's not us. Uh, but for those of you who garden, I suspect that this year has been a fun year for you. And, and right now is kind of a fun time of the year because with, between the sun and all the rain, things have to be growing like crazy. Uh, and and uh, it just, it's, it's, I think it's fun to watch things grow. You know, we eat fruit and veggies. We just get them from Safeway like God intended. So. <laughs> or family foods. I want to be equal on this. But, uh, but anyway, we, uh, when, you, when you plant your garden, you, you plant it with anticipation. You start, you, you plant, I don't think, I could be wrong, I don't think you plant food that you don't want to eat. Like if you don't like carrots, I suspect you don't plant carrots, right? If you don't like tomatoes, you don't plant tomatoes. But you plant the things that you like, and you have this expect, expectation that you are going to right, reap what you sow. You're, you're looking forward to that. Uh, you have every expectation of an abundant harvest later on. And it sounds kind of biblical. There is a time to plant, and there's a time to harvest. Okay, let's bring that around to mercy. Sometimes we are in a position to show mercy, and sometimes we are in a position where we need mercy. Okay? Do not expect to get mercy when you need it if you don't show it when you have the opportunity. Uh, it's, it's that kind of a thing. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy, or they will receive mercy. It's something that we at times all need. The kind of people who give it are the kind of people who get it. That, that's all this is saying. It's not really complicated. So today we're going to define mercy. We're going to see what mercy looks like in action. Uh, and then we're going to look at that reward for being merciful. So mercy defined, you know, I often go with a very short theological definition because I'm contrasting and comparing mercy with grace. And I say grace is God giving us what we don't deserve and mercy is God not giving us what we do deserve. Okay, And so mercy is when God doesn't give us the punishment we don't deserve. And, and I like that definition. It's, it's very clear. It's helpful when we want to understand, you know, what, what, what is mercy? Are mercy and grace the same things? Well, they're similar, but they're, they're different. And, and it's good for that, but it's only a partial definition. Mercy means more than that. Because used that way, mercy means forgiveness and stops there. Right? God, God forgiving us so we don't get the punishment that we deserve. But mercy means more because mercy also means showing compassion, uh, specifically when we act in compassion towards someone else. Uh, you are not merciful when you feel bad for someone. You are merciful when because you feel bad for them, you do something for them. Right? And until you do that something for them, you're not being merciful, you're just feeling bad. Right? And, and be, feeling bad does no good for anybody, not for you, not for them. It, it does not accomplish anything. So we have a more thorough Greek definition, and, and we can go to the English, but you know, because I have my tools there. And, and I'm going to do some things with this word. That, and, and you're going to, I don't expect anyone to walk away saying, oh, yeah, I, I know this word now. Uh, but eleison, eleison is this Greek word. And it's the word that's used there, blessful are the, blessed are the merciful, blessed are the eleison. It's defined as compassionate, benevol benevolently merciful, involving thought and action. 
okay? Benevolently merciful, compassionate, involving thought and action. So we have the full picture, the full scope of mercy. And, and what I walk away with that, I say mercy is action resulting from compassion. When we feel compassion and we act on it, then we are showing mercy. Uh, and so in the Bible, and by the way, in Christianity, always, concepts, this is, this is true of absolutely everything we ever learn from the Bible. The Bible is not to be known, the Bible is to be done. Until we are acting on what we learn, we, the Bible is, is not accomplished its purpose. As far as God is concerned, we don't know it until we do it. And head knowledge means very little. Mercy works that way. It's not, in the, it's not merely in feelings. It's not merely in thoughts. It is in actions when we actually do something about what we're feeling. Uh, it means nothing. Knowing mercy, mercy mean, means absolutely nothing until you are actually merciful. Okay, so let's look at mercy in action. And I have mercy divided two ways. Mercy as compassion and mercy as forgiveness. Okay, so first, mercy as compassion. We're going to go on a field trip a whole page away, right? We're going to go to Matthew chapter 6, verses 2 to 4. Okay, and, and this is where we're going to find, find some of the Greek words here. And it's, this, is, this is really interesting. This is insightful. This, this uh, really helps understand mercy. Okay, uh, so Jesus starts with the warning in chapter 6, verse 1. Take care not to practice your righteousness in the sight of people, to be noticed by them. Otherwise, you have no reward with your Father who is in heaven. So, the first, and so he says, don't practice your righteousness before people to be seen by them, because then you're doing it for people, not for God. Do your righteousness this way. And the first example he has is giving charity, giving alms, depending on your version. So when you give to the poor, do not sound a trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets so that they will be praised by people. Truly, I tell you, they have received, they have the reward in full. But when you give to the poor, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing so that your chari charitable giving will be in secret and your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Okay, so you say, where is the mercy in that? Well, this is really interesting because mercy, remember I said is elemon or elemos, Mercy is elemos, merciful is elemonis, right? So I'm giving you the words, uh, elemos, elemonis. Okay, Ellie, I thought about you as I was doing this. <laughs> Elemon, elemos is mercy, elemonis is merciful, give to the poor is elemonesunane. It's the same word with an unane added at the end, right? You add an unane at the end and you have giving to the poor. It's the exact same word with a different ending. It's, it's, and, and it's mercy in action is giving, depending on your version, it will say charitable giving or giving to the poor or giving alms. And that is, that is the same word as mercy. It's, it's mercy with an, and I don't actually know what the suffix sunane means, <laughs> but it, it turns, turns the word mercy into giving charity. And you go, wow. And, and I don't know, by the way, that's why I tell you Greek is fun. And that's why I tell you Greek is hard. <laughs> but, but, you know, we do the same. Oh, by the way, we find the same thing again in Luke chapter 11. I want to turn to Luke, and we'll be in Luke for a little bit if you want to turn pages. Your Bible should automatically turn back to, to Matthew by now anyway. Uh, <laughs> but Luke chapter 11, verse 41. And then we'll go to Luke chapter 12, verse 33. And this is, this is not giving to the poor. This is more, uh, a more example of, of that word of mercy. It's, it's showing mercy, is, uh, mercy as compassion. So Luke chapter uh, 
11, verse 41 says this. Oh, I'm sorry, this is still giving to the poor. Uh, but give that which is within as a charitable gift, and then all things will be clean to you. And he's talking about the inner heart versus other things. And if you are charitable, if charity meaning showing mercy, right? If you are charitable, then you are clean inside. Luke chapter 12, verse uh, 33 um, sell your possessions and give to charity. Make yourselves money belts that do not wear out an inexhaustible treasure in heaven where no thief comes near or, nor does a moth destroy. And we find charity. We find this word, elemasunen, this charity, this Greek in giving. And we don't want to take that too far. You know, we have words in English that we do the same thing, that, that uh, they take a form that, that uh, sometimes if we look at them, the, the word is kind of weird when we look at it. Uh, Elemane... Eleos, Ele <laughs> those two words are different words, right? They're close. It's clear that giving of charity is made from the word mercy, but it is a word that has taken on its own meaning. And we have words in English that do that. I like, I like uh, for instance, you think about to build and a building. I mean, technically, shouldn't it be a built we build a built, but instead we build a building. But building is a verb that means we're building. So we're building a building? No, we built a building. Then why? It's no longer a building, is it? And you go, this English language doesn't make any sense. Or, or uh, um, let's see, what did I have? Uh, paint and a painting, right? A painting is this thing that hangs on a wall. <laughs> but no, painting is when you're doing the... And, and we have these words that... Yeah, uh, I like uh, cook and cooking, but then you have to explain a cookie. Right. <laughs> so anyway, so so well, the only point I'm making is we, we can only go so far when we take here's this Greek word and here's this Greek word and we can do all sorts of things that in our ignorance can make us sound really smart. Except we just want to recognize words develop over time, and they take on their own meaning. And so so the point I'm making is not that that uh, these words all had this connection at the exact time. Except that the word charitable charitable giving clearly comes from a root of mercy. Okay, that's inescapable. And even though we don't see that in our English language, mercy to charity, uh, it is as true. Mercy is the heart or the root of charity. Charity is an example of mercy, which is compassion in action. And, and so that is one of the examples of charity. What, what is clear in Greek but not in English is that charity is the outflow of mercy. When you are being charitable, you are being merciful, and blessed are the merciful. Okay, so that is that idea of charitable giving, but it's not the only example of compassion, mercy in action, because Jesus showed mercy. I thought we'd stay in Luke, Luke 17. Uh, Jesus showed mercy when he healed people, right? Luke chapter 17, verses 11 through 13. While he was on the way to Jerusalem, he was passing between Samaria and Galilee, and he entered a village. Ten men with leprosy who stood at a distance met him, and they raised their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. Right? And they weren't asking for charitable giving. They were asking for something else. Uh, when he saw them, he said to them, Go and show yourselves to the priests. And as they were going, they were cleansed. They said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And so he showed mercy on them by healing them. Okay, we go a few chapters over to Luke chapter 18, one chapter over, verses 35 to 39. Now as Jesus was approaching Jericho, a man who was blind was 
sitting by the side of the road begging. But when he heard a crowd going by, he began inquiring what this was. They told him that Jesus of Nazareth was passing by, and he called out saying, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus uh, said, um, those who led the way were telling him to be quiet. He kept on crying all the more. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stopped, commanded, and he brought him. And he, I like what he did. He says, what do you want? <laughs> what do you want? Bartimaeus says, man, I want to see. <laughs> Jesus showed mercy on him. And so he healed him. He gave him what he most needed. Right? So, so this, this mercy is, is shown in the giving of money, as in charity that way. But it's also shown in helping people in other ways. Now, most of us can't walk up. John can't say, Steve, have mercy on me. And I say, fine, bang. And all of a sudden, his hair turns blonde again, <laughs> like it once was. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, but but yeah, you sit in front, you pay the price. So um, it's 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 most of us don't have that gift to show mercy in the healing or that kind of a thing. But we all have the ability at times to give someone what it is they need. And we all, by the way, at times have needs. And so someone says, I see what you need, let me help you. So you can show mercy by helping someone on the side of the road. You can show mercy by uh, giving someone money. You can show mercy by giving someone a cup of cold water, right? You can show mercy in, in a, a gazillion different ways according to what someone needs. That is all part of showing mercy, okay? And then we get to Romans chapter 12, and Romans 12 is the Romans version of spiritual gifts. And, and in Romans chapter 12, he's going through the spiritual gifts, and one of those gifts he gets to is mercy. And it's, it's really interesting what he says about that because uh, it's just one line. Romans chapter 12, verse... Uh, you know that one verse, verse 8. Um, or the one who exhorts in the work of exhortation, uh, the one who gives with generosity, the one who is in leadership with diligence, the one who shows mercy with cheerfulness. Uh, that's an interesting combination. If you show mercy, do it with cheerfulness, right? So uh, since I made fun of John, now I'm going to say I'll give you that 20 bucks you need. No, I'm not. <laughs> I gave it away. <laughs> I gave away the dollar that wasn't mine. <laughs> uh, and and uh, so I go, oh, man, $20. Here, have the $20. Oh, I don't know what I'm going to do without that $20. <laughs> you know, the, what, this, that's not the kind of giving God wants us to do. It's not the kind of mercy he wants us to do. He wants us to show mercy cheerfully. So whether I have, whether that 20 is the last $20 bill in my life or I have 17 of them in my pocket, uh, either way, I should give it with the same attitude. Have this 20 bucks because uh, either way, I am trusting God who has mercy on me because those who show mercy shall receive mercy. And what we're saying is I'm drawing on a bank account that someone else is filling. And he's got a lot of money to fill that bank account. I am trusting that as I am helping someone else with their needs, that someone else is going to help me with my needs. And he who shows mercy with cheerfulness. Showing mercy costs you something. And I don't care if, if it's because you're, you're, you're feeding somebody who's hungry or you're helping somebody by the side of the road or you're giving somebody money that, does it, that needs it. It costs you something. It costs you time. It costs you effort. It might cost you sweat. It might cost you blood. 
right? It might cost you aches and pains. It might cost you time. It will cost you time, right? Whatever else it costs you, it will cost you time. Mercy costs you something. Uh, it, you are, it, it, the more merciful you're being, the greater it co- the cost, the more it's going to be. And, and we are to show mercy as if it is a pleasure to do so. It is my pleasure to show you mercy. It is a privilege to show mercy to you. And, and as we recognize more and more, by the way, the blessing that comes with being merciful, the more and more it, is a, a, it really becomes a pleasure to do it. Because, you know, Bruce Morak was, was my great example, role model for this. He would always, whatever, whatever came up, he says, well, that's okay, I have an unlimited... Uh, uh, revenue source or something. I don't remember his exact words, but that's what he would say. He says, I have someone else providing my needs. And, and, and uh, he would draw on God's bank account as he needed. And, and I'm not, he was never flagrant. He was never irresponsible. He was never stupid and presumptuous. But he trusted God to meet his needs. And as far as I know, so far, God has always met his needs. They are, Bruce and Linda are the world's greatest example of people who live by faith I have ever seen. Uh, they are just, just tremendous at that. I hope they watch that. I hope you watch this, Bruce. Because so, uh, they, they have impressed me so much. Uh, it is a pleasure to show mercy as you know you will be provided for because someone else will have mercy on you. Uh, the emphasis, by the way, though, he who shows mercy with cheerfulness is the emphasis is on showing mercy. You must do it. You have to do it. You have to show mercy uh, or else it, it means nothing. Mercy is shown. This is mercy in showing compassion. Mercy is shown in feeling compassion in people and doing things for them uh, because, of it, uh, because of that feeling. And this is part of what it means to feel merciful. But let's go back to that other side of mercy now. The one that goes back to that definition I usually use, which means mercy in forgiveness, or mercy as forgiveness. You know, there is, and what got me on this, first of all, was just there's an intriguing similarity between mercy and forgiveness in the condition. So let's go back to Matthew again. Oh, look at that. My Bible opened to the right page. That's because I cheat. I have my thing in there. Uh, Matthew chapter, we're going to look at, compare Matthew chapter 5 and Matthew chapter 6. We're going to look at mercy in chapter 5 and forgiveness in chapter 6. Okay? In chapter 5 of mercy, verse uh, 8 is our verse, 7 is our verse. Blessed are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. Show mercy, get mercy. Now let's go to Matthew chapter 6, verses 14 and 15. For if you forgive other people for their offenses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive other people, then your Father will not forgive you your offenses. Give mercy get mercy. Give forgiveness, get forgiveness. That's a parallel that I just looked at that and I said, wow. And my first thought was, I bet it's the same word. Absolutely not. <laughs> Completely, no connection, you know, but except that they're both written in Greek, you know. There's, there's no connection between those ten, two words. I, I loved what I learned on it, but I didn't want to get too rabbit trailed, so I'm not going to go off on that tangent about, about uh Forgiveness too much, but it's real simple. With both of these, if you give, you get, but if you don't give, you don't get. Uh, that's what he's saying. And, and they are closely related anyway in that mercy is required to, forgive, to give forgiveness. Forgiveness is the outworking of mercy. Somebody has offended you. Somebody owes you something. Someone has hurt you. Someone has taken something from you, and you feel compassion on them enough to forgive them. You go, wow, nah, nah. You're pushing that a little bit on that. In the New Testament, mercy is connected with forgiveness more than other works of compassion. You know, as in Jesus felt compassion and healed these people, 
Jesus felt compassion, or, or, or in the teaching of the New Testament, where we find um, compassion moving people to forgive. Uh, the only other exact word, use of the same word is in Hebrews chapter 2. Hebrews chapter 2, 17 is describing Jesus Christ and his mercy, or mer the word merciful is, is what we're looking at. And uh, Hebrews chapter 2, verse 17 tells us this, speaking about Jesus Christ. Therefore, in all things, he had to be made like his brother so that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God to make propitiation for the sins of the people, to make that sacrifice that pleased God to, to settle our sins, right? That's propitiation. Um, he he was a, became a merciful and faithful high priest, and we find merciful attached to salvation, to forgiveness of sins, to the payment for our sins. He paid for our sins because of our, his mercy. He gives us salvation because of his mercy. He looks on us, and he sees in us a bunch of wretches who have a great need. Right? And he has compassion for us. And because he has compassion for us, he acts to give us what we need, which is forgiveness, which is the removal of our sins. Because we have those sins, uh, they are real and they are ours. Uh, and that's the only other place the exact same word is used. But we find this word mercy tied to a lot of things. So we're going to do a little, a little uh, trailing through here. We'll start in the book of Romans chapter 9. And, and we'll look at some mercy. Romans chapter 9 verses 15 and 16. And this can sound really hardcore, but we find God's mercy is absolutely essential for us. Romans chapter 9, verses 15 and 16. For he says to Moses, I will have mercy on whomever I will have mercy, and I will show to compassion to whomever I show compassion. So then it does not depend on the person who wants it, nor the one who runs, but on God who has mercy. And it's God's showing of mercy. So you're in a lifeboat, and that lifeboat will hold 10 people. And there's 50 people in the water around you. Okay, You can't get 50 people in the boat, so you, being the person in the lifeboat, have the ability to select who you're going to, to, to save. And you look around and you choose. You have mercy on this one and that one, and that one. And depending on who you are, it's women and children first, right? Or you do a survival of the fittest thing. These look like the people who are most able to survive if I help them. Or maybe you do, these are the people who are most able to help me. But God is the one who looks and judges. He's, I mean, I'm just giving an example. If we were to do that, we've, we choose, the saver gets to choose who is the saved. And God has mercy. And without his mercy, we are not rescued. Without his mercy, we are not saved. He says to Moses, I will have mercy on whomever I have mercy. I will show compassion on whomever I will have compassion. So then it does not depend on the person who wants it, nor the one who, who runs, but on God who has mercy. We are completely dependent on God's mercy. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 4. I'm going to start at verse 1 just because of the picture it paints. And you were dead in your offenses and sins 
in which you previously walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, of the spirit that is now working in the sons of disobedience. Among them we all too previously lived in the lusts of our flesh, indulging the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath just as the rest. But God, being rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our wrongdoings, made us alive together with Christ and raised us up with him. And so God looks out at us, we ungrateful, sinful, dirty uh, you know, throw in your adjectives, individuals. God looks on us in spite of what we are like and with mercy saves us. He reaches in and he takes us. God, being rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us. And, and it's hard to, to, to put into words how unloving, unlovable we are. You know, we're not, we're not these cute little puppies in the pound. <laughs> we're dirty, filthy junkyard dogs, you know, we're mangy, we're diseased, uh, and he looks at us and he loves us, and, and he saves us, and, and, and he shows mercy in doing this. Paul's testimony, I like Paul's testimony, he, he gives it in several different places, he gives it in a slightly different way in 1 Timothy. In 1 Timothy chapter 1, he's, he's not going through the events of, of his salvation, he's not working through the story of how he got saved, he's describing his life, what he is like, and what, who, God, who it is God saved. 1 Timothy chapter 1, verses 12 through 17. I thank Christ Jesus our Lord, who has strengthened me because he considered me faithful, putting me into service, even though I was previously a blasphemer and a persecutor and a violent aggressor. Yet I was shown mercy because I acted ignorantly in unbelief, and the grace of our Lord was more than abundant with the faith and love which are found in Jesus Christ. It is a trustworthy statement deserving full acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners among whom I am foremost. Yet for this reason I found mercy so that in me as foremost sinner, Jesus Christ might demonstrate his perfect patience as an example for those who would believe in him for eternal life. And he ends with this, now to the king, eternal, immortal, invisible, the only God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. Well, yeah, he's just described himself. Paul was a persecutor and a blasphemer. Paul, I mean, if you don't know his story, he chased Christians down. He hunted them. He was, you know, I always picture on this, uh, chitty, chitty, bang, bang, the candy that guy, if you don't ever watch Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, you know what I'm talking about. I'm sorry. This guy disguises his cart. He pretends to give out candy. He catches kids. He, he, he catches kids and puts them in there. That's what I picture Paul doing. <laughs> he go, he's going out. He's catching Christians, and he throws them in, the, in the, the cart. And he would haul them before the judges to be judged. And he says, well, I voted against them, meaning he voted for their death. Right? Uh, he, he, that's what he did. And he says, why did God show mercy on me? To, because I was, the, as being the worst of sinners, I was an example. This is Steve's bad paraphrase. I was, as the worst of examples, I proved that he could save anybody. Because if he could save me, he could save anybody. Because of what? Uh, because of his mercy, right? Uh, verse 16, yet for this reason I found mercy. So that in me, as the foremost sinner, Jesus Christ might demonstrate his perfect patience as an example for those who would believe in him for eternal life. In other words, Paul was saved here as an example for those who would follow. That they would see God can save even them. Because he shows mercy, and it's mercy in salvation. There is a clear connection between mercy and forgiveness. Mercy is the root and heart of forgiveness. And 
this is all going to go back to, to Matthew chapter 5 because I've been talking a lot about Christ's mercy. But this verse doesn't say, blessed is Christ when he is merciful. <laughs> it says, blessed are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. And we need to forgive. Now, sometimes you see someone suffering from their sin, and it moves you to compassion. Right? You see, you see the sinner doing these things, and it moves you to compassion, and you want to do something for that sinner, right? You may have a heart for the homeless. You may, you may do ministry at the mission, meaning go down to, to like the Union Gospel Mission and be involved, and maybe you'll serve in the kitchen, or maybe you'll be the guy who goes up and preaches on occasion or do something like that, and you have pity for them, and you have mercy on them because you, you see their suffering. You want to help stop their suffering. So you give financially, you give effort, you give time, you give money, you give of your skills and your talents to be that blessing for them because you want to do that. But sometimes that guy in the mission who did those things that put him there, he did them to you. And you feel a little bit differently about that guy because it's, it's not third party anymore. All of a sudden it's personal. Right? It's easy to have pity. It's easy to have compassion on someone who sins against someone else, is it not? <laughs> right? Some guy hits Greg. I don't care. It didn't hit me. <laughs> Greg, you shouldn't hit him back. Feel bad for him. Then the guy walks up and hits me. <laughs> I feel a little bit differently. Greg, come help me take this guy down. Because <laughs> he hit me this time. It's, it's, it's hard, hard to have mercy for someone who actually offends you someone who actually did something to you, you feel a bit differently, especially, you know, and, and again, it depends on the thing. You know, somebody probably actually owned that dollar I've dropped in the offering. <laughs> you say, hey, that's my dollar. You offended me. I'm going, you know, sorry, I cost you a buck. I don't feel bad about it. Now, what if it was more? What if it was money you needed? And I happily did what I wanted with it, right? Uh, you might just happen to hold a grudge against me for that, huh? You might say, Steve, um, you need to pay that back. And I'm going, man, I don't have that kind of money because I'm not talking about the dollar. I'm talking about the more. Sometimes you, have, sometimes you have it in your power to punish the person who did that to you. Sometimes you have, have the power and the ability to punish someone who harmed Now, that rarely happens that you actually have the chance to pay someone back who, who did something to you. And, uh, and there could be satisfaction in making that person suffer. You want to make them squirm. You say, no, no, I'm above that. Well, what about that guy who cut you off and then got pulled over? And you drive by, right? Okay, now I've just revealed you to yourself. <laughs> when you waved and smiled and laughed. <laughs> neener, neener, right? There can be satisfaction in making someone suffer. You can want to see that happen. You can want to do it. And it's harder to forgive now. You have two emotions struggling. You have that desire, you have that desire to show compassion because it's in you, but you also have the desire for vengeance. You want, you want that. And, and, and those two are struggling in you. But it says, blessed are the merciful. And so you still show mercy. And then there's this one. There's the guy who seems to have happily gotten away with it and doesn't care, and seems to be living a good life. And he, you know he did it, he knows he did it, he doesn't care, and he's not asking for forgiveness. So far as he's concerned, he won. He, he's not worried about it. 
He hasn't asked forgiveness. You can't see that he ever will ask forgiveness. Surely you don't have to forgive that person, right? Surely you don't have to show mercy on that guy. But here's the thing. If you look on him with compassion, you realize he might be the worst off of the bunch. Because, you know what? Everything will be repaid. And the things you get away with here, they're going to be repaid too. And as you look on that person and you realize that, if you start thinking about him that way, all of a sudden, you do feel compassion. You realize, oh, this wretch, this poor guy. He doesn't even know how bad off he is. Now, I, by the way, I say this as if I've done it. <laughs> I, I honestly cannot think of an example where I have, have forgiven this guy. But, but I will tell you, I know what it is to be in a situation where you just do not want to show forgiveness. You, you want that person to suffer. You want that person to pay the price. And what's more, you, you're afraid that if you give them forgiveness, you're giving them permission to do it again. And you just, there's no way you feel you can do that. This mercy thing still applies. It still applies. This guy, is, he's piling up debts, and he'll never be able to pay them. So you have compassion because you realize how bad his situation is. Jerk that he is, right? Uh, and you show mercy and you forgive him. By the way, if you walk up and tell him you forgive him, he probably won't have any idea. He'll think you're, you're an oddball. You don't necessarily have to do that. But you forgive him before God. And blessed are the merciful, okay? Blessed are those who show compassion to people in need. Blessed are those who forgive those who sin against them, for they shall receive mercy. So receiving mercy in kind. I need mercy. Okay, repeat after me. I need mercy, because it's true, isn't it? Yeah. Wouldn't it be nice to be self-sufficient? Wouldn't it be nice to never need anybody's help? To always have everything you need for every situation. Wouldn't that be nice? I gotta tell you something, it would be nice, but I'm not that guy. That guy may be out there. Yeah, he may be out there. I, I am self-sufficient. Makes me think about a Superman joke Josh told the other day. <laughs> Yesterday. Was it you that told that joke? Or was it? Oh, it must have been my grandson-in-law. <laughs> That's a dirty word. <laughs> Told us. Anyway, uh, anyway, uh, self-sufficient. Um, I'll tell it to you later. <laughs> um, it would be nice to be self-sufficient. I'm not that guy. I need mercy. I need help. I sometimes am that wretch. You know what? I may not be needy at the moment. I'll tell you what. I, I am not aware of anything I need at the moment that I don't have. I, I am not feeling needy at all. I do not feel in need of mercy from anybody at, at this time. My life is great. Life is good. But you know what I think about? Think about this. Think, think for a minute about the people in Ukraine. They had houses. 
They had cars. They had money. They had possessions. And they don't anymore. How long did that take? Who's going to give it back to them? What will it take to restore to them the things that they have lost? And the answer is probably most of those things, most of them will never have restored, at least not in the same way. They left everything behind be, to save their lives. Uh, you know what? How far are we removed from them? We go, well, you know, in, in my situation, I, and I honestly, I can't see Americans, I can't see us in Davenport being Ukraine. And, and, and so what do we say? Well, then I don't care. It, it's a lesson of how, how uh, trans, transient possessions are, how transient is our sense of self-sufficiency. How, how, how fleeting is this sense that I don't need mercy? Because I don't need mercy right now does not mean I should not be merciful because I don't need to be, have anyone to be merciful to me. It, it's, it's a fleeting thing. You know, pray for the Gustafsons. The Gustafsons, I think, are in Romania right now doing refugee work with Ukrainian people who have fled Ukraine and are in refugee camps in, in Romania. And that's what they'll be doing for the month of July. That's their plan. And I'm thinking, uh, wow, what does that do to you as the person there to help? How, how long, how strong is your sense of compassion? At what point are you exhausted? What point are you worn out? I, I, think, that's, I think that might be too much for me. Though that's the people of the Ukraine. But let's step away from the Ukraine and let's go to the United States. What about famines? I mean, not famines, floods, right? What about earthquakes? What about storms? Right? We, we see so much on the news every day in America. And somehow, you know, we live in, I do not know why the whole nation does not want to live right here. Because we're not getting that flood. We're not getting that earthquake. I, I, I know. We're not, we're not, I can't cry, cry. We're not getting that earthquake. <laughs> uh, yeah, we do have the fires, don't we? Um, our self our self self Sense of self-sufficiency is an illusion based on our current circumstances. My current circumstances are fine. I am self-sufficient. And, and that is so transitional. And some of us in this room right now, your circumstances are where you can't say, I'm self-sufficient. Some of your circumstances are where right now you're saying, I need mercy. I need mercy. And it might be financial, and it might be your car is acting weird, you know, and you don't know how to fix it. It might be um, health. It might be that you need Jesus Christ as your Savior, and you recognize that, right? You say, I need mercy. You might be saying, I need forgiveness. And you know, I think about the parable of the guy, the, 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 they call it the parable of the unforgiving servant, you know, who would not forgive the person who sinned against him after he had been forgiven so much. And I think about how much God has forgiven me. I think about, I, I listened to that description of Paul, and I, I didn't persecute Christians to the point that I ran them down and chased them and put them in prison, but I, I sure like to harass them. <laughs> I like to pick on them and argue with them and make fun of them. And I think about that. I was, you know, I was not neutral. I was hostile. 
to the God who hunted me down and saved me. I, I came across a phrase. This, this guy was, had been a persecutor somewhere in, in uh, I forget if this is in Voice of the Martyrs or one of those books Randy and Margo gave or something, but I was, I was reading it. And, and he had been a bad guy, and he got saved. And someone asked him, did you find Christ? He said, no, he found me. <laughs> and, and that's my story. I didn't go looking for Christ. He came looking for me, and he, he took me against, I can't say against my will because I, you know, I willingly agreed, but I, was, I went from, from one day making fun of Christians to the next day being one. <laughs> you know, it's like, like, I don't know how that happened. I was not a seeker. I was a, a runner-awayer, you know. Um, how could I not give forgiveness to others? How could someone who has received so much not then give in kind? How could I not be forgiving? And, and I asked that question, and, and you should be asking me back. That's right, Steve. Why not? <laughs> because I know. Can I confess to you forgiveness is hard for me? It's easy to hold a grudge. It's easy to be angry. Be careful because it turns into bitterness. And that's the forgiveness I give. But what about, I think a lot of times about how much forgiveness I get. You people are so gracious or merciful. <laughs> you know, I think of how many times, for instance, how many times do I say the wrong words up here? Anybody keep track? You know, where I, I did this, I, I have said Judas when I meant to say Jesus. <laughs> I, I think that's blasphemy against the Holy Spirit. <laughs> yeah, so I, uh, you know, it's, 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 I hope it's not. <laughs> you know, I, I say things wrong up here all the time, and you people bear with me. You're so nice to me. You forgive me. You're, what, if, what if people started keeping offenses? What if people started keeping a record of everything I did wrong as a pastor, of every time I failed in meeting some obligation? What, what if, how much trouble would I be in if people did not forgive me? Then how can I not turn around and forgive others? How, how in the world could I not be merciful and forgive others? But I have this, I, I have this secret. I, and I'm, I, I say I, I shouldn't go into this pronoun I thing because it's like setting me up as an example. I don't mean to do this. Uh, but, but there is a secret. There is a secret that will protect you from people holding grudges against you. There is a secret that will protect you from people mounting up those offenses and holding them, right? It works like this. Blessed are the merciful, for they will receive. You know, this works, this works both supernaturally and naturally. It is a natural thing. If you are the kind of person who quickly forgives someone else an offense, if you are the kind of person who quickly uh, says, no problem, uh, I'm over it, uh, it's, it's, not, you know, it's, it's, it's the past, we don't have to dwell on it, uh, you can use the words I forgive you, you can use whatever other words you want to use to say it's, it's, it's not an offense anymore, it's been removed. If you're the person who does that, people want to respond in kind. But if you are the person who says, uh-uh, and, and you, you hold that offense, and you do that, and then they have a chance to hold it back over you, oh, they want to. <laughs> oh, yeah, turnabout, buddy, you know. Uh, fair play. Turnabout is, is that how it goes? Turnabout is fair play? <laughs> yeah, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's like now it's your turn. 
And it's just natural. We want to do that. It, it is a natural thing, but it's supernatural too because God is involved. And he is forgiving us. And he is watching over us. And he is being merciful to us and taking care of us. And so there, I mean, there is no greater insurance policy in the world there, there, I'll give you two things, because there's two sides of this insurance policy. Two greatest insurance policies in the world is to forgive people and to be charitable. Because God will then take care of you. <laughs> right? And Because charitable is part of the same thing, is it not? And you are, you are, you are not laying it up in, in the bank where you see the bank account, and you know that bank account, and you can go to, to withdraw. But, but you're laying it up at a better bank. You're, you're being charitable. You're, you're taking care of people. You're forgiving them. It is the greatest uh, insurance policy in the world. I started out talking about a garden. You plant so that you can harvest. <laughs> yeah, pretty easy, obvious application. Plant your garden now with mercy. When you need mercy, it will be there for you. It's not rocket science. This is, this is simple stuff. Even I can grasp this one. Okay, let's close in the Lord prayer. Father God, I ask that we will be a merciful bunch of people. Lord, I ask that we will be quick to meet others' needs, uh, whether they, wh whatever form they might be in. Father, that we will be quick to, to supply and provide for each other and keep each other uh, functioning. Father, I ask that we will be quick to forgive each other, that we will be people who, who are blessing and being blessed, who are showing mercy and receiving, who are showing charity and receiving. Lord, as we need, to the blessing of all, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.